Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breakfast on SEN. Just a couple of leftover texts here, Kane. What you used to get up early to watch as a kid or set the alarm for? Harry, Black Caviar, Royal Ascot. What about the Rage video clips? People saying they used to go to watch <laughs> the Rage video clips when they used to drop. Uh, Dean and Ascot Vale, first time we ever got up early was the America's Cup. What about what about the footy marathon? Speaking of things that aren't really around yeah. anymore, that used to be a religion as well the annually. Not before the grand. Not before the that granny. The, so the, the great grand finals. The you know 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and on it went. It I was wonder... a weird um, superstition, wasn't it, from Goran when he served an ace and, and demanded the ball, the back. ball back? Yeah. I wonder if this man ever did that when he was red hot on the surf. I reckon he might have. I don't know if he's a superstitious type, though. He's well and truly settled into his new life, doing a great job behind the microphone, of course, for Channel 9. Johnny Millman's back with us. G'day, Johnny. Thanks for your time. Not a problem. Thanks for having me again. Did you ever demand the same ball back if you're on a hot streak with the surf? Yeah, I didn't serve too many aces, mate, <laughs> so that was the problem. <laughs> well, maybe that was it. Yeah, no, yeah, so I tried to get a different ball, I reckon. What are your? We've been reliving a few of those earlier years. Pat Rafters getting a mention in two thousand and one. Oh. What are your earliest tennis memories, John? And what made you fall in love with the sport? Um, oh, my earliest tennis memories were were going along to the courts and getting the first fifteen minutes before my sisters all got their hour. <laughs> so yeah, I was playing second fiddle to them for a while. But my favourite sporting memory was my earliest uh, match where I can remember being there live was. That Davis Cup where we beat the Russians on the potato patch at, at, uh, in Brisbane. And Wayne Arthur and Leighton Hewitt's heroics. It was awesome beating the Russians. And I remember Nuke having the fanatics throw the potatoes out on the, on the court at the end and him jumping on top of them. It was theatrics. It was what sport's all about. So, so John, were you very much a fan before you realised, oh, I might have something here where I can make a... A career out of it? Were you a were you a, a diehard fan? Would you be setting the alarm to watch you know Wimbledon finals and such? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And and obviously being a Queenslander, we just loved Paddy Rafter. Like he was the hero for all mm. Queensland tennis players, young Queensland tennis players at the time. In the summer, you know, you'd be playing tournaments out at Coops. I remember playing one out at Coops Castledine, and Paddy Rafter came and was hitting there and all the kids lining up trying to get everything signed from him like he was the hero for any aspiring tennis player I just didn't play like him because I didn't venture into the net so I probably could have learned a few things from Paddy yeah, I probably I tried to be a bit more like Leighton but um yeah Paddy Rafter was our hero so I think we all idolized him and um 
yeah, look, it was it was the sport. And, and, and back then in those days, I don't know, I think it's probably a little bit different now. We seemed to be outside, all the kids, we, we were outside and we were, we were kicking the footy or, or hitting mm. tennis balls or whatnot. Like, it was just a good time to be alive. We've all had our say on the on the scheduling fiasco yesterday, John. What what could we be doing better? Oh, I don't know if we can. I was calling that second match actually, the Novak Djokovic Fritz one. So I was thinking we're going to get an early night because I, I thought I was in the day session. End up being prime time for 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 Novak. We're all questioning whether he'd like to play in the day, and in the end, he was playing well in the well past his seven o'clock third time slot. Um, look, it's it's sport, isn't it? Like you can't predict live sport you can't predict uh coco golf and marta costia going for for three and a bit hours it's just a real challenge i think um we're gonna have to live with it some days it's gonna be like that but clearly the legends doubles could have been sacrificed as as they have been today i suppose i don't know hindsight's a wonderful thing but we, we can start earlier perhaps yeah, no, you're right there. Yeah, the the Legends doubles maybe could have been put onto a different court. Um, Marcos, you know, he loves playing on center court. Marcos baked at it. <laughs> yes. That's it. Between that and stalactites, yeah. there he's two homes away from home. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll tell you who also you'll find at stalactites is Salty. He doesn't stop talking about it in the commentary box. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's a good joint. Right. Very good joint. Yeah, you know that? Yeah, he, he tries to always drop it in there. I think they're giving him some free gear. Up. <laughs> hey, um, Novak is um, he's acting up a little bit. Not not last year he sort of had the hammy. This foxing, year, foxing. Whatever they, what, what they wanted is a bit of discomfort, a bit of bit of illness, perhaps. Is it mind games though? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he did look second rate at the start from the very first point, and we're lucky because being in the bunker when you're calling that match, you're really close to the action. Um, including the love fest he had with uh, Nick Kyrgios mm, yeah. next door. Yeah, strange. Just, yeah, yeah, it probably was a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, no, he did look second rate. But as the match went on, he did get better. Um, I do think that if he is feeling a bit average, he will appreciate the later time slots. But we've seen this happen with Novak before. Over the course of the two weeks, he seems to come good at the latter stages. He was super impressive in those back ends of those two sets. Like, he... He hardly made a mistake in those last two sets. So he came really good, but he'll have to be in good health to, to beat Yannick Sinner in that next one because Yannick is absolutely flying, hasn't dropped a set yet, um, and he'll have to come out really sharp, Will Novak. Just with Novak, obviously going for a fifth in six years and an 11th overall or whatever crazy number that it is. I mean, we are waiting for that, you know, I guess that someone next generation talent to really come along. And, and, and every year this time we, we speculate who it might be. Is it going to be Yannick or is it going to be Carlos this year, do you think, John? I mean, who's the most likely? Yeah, look, that is a really tough one. I think Yannick's probably playing his career best form, but there's that unknown with him. You know, can he break through and make a final of a Grand Slam? Can he knock off someone like a Novak in the semifinals? That's the unknown. He's playing good enough tennis too. Well, Carlos has been there and done it. You know, obviously beat Novak in the final of that Wimbledon, which was a ridiculous uh, match. And and Carlos is super impressive. He goes about his business. He's super confident out there, can do a bit of everything. Both of them can definitely knock off Novak, but it's still on Novak's terms a little bit. I think Novak will have to be slightly less than 100% out there, um, whether that's health-wise or whether he just has a slightly off day, because he's so dominant here at Melbourne Park. And People are waiting for him to drop off and, you know, we're, we're waiting for his demise as he's getting a bit older and we start questioning him. But he still won three of the four Grand Slams last year. 
say he is in really good form. Um, yeah, look, it, it's going to happen at some stage, but we're talking about probably the greatest ever to play the game. Yeah. Uh, John, I just want you to pick your racket back up for a moment and just go briefly back in time with us. I mean, what's it like when you – I don't know if you ever copped a really late finish and then had to back it up, but – Post-match, I mean, what, what's the process? How much time does it take to finally, you know, go through all the media obligations, do what you need to do physically, get back to yeah. your hotel, um, calm yourself down, get to sleep? I mean, it must be really tough. As someone texted in earlier saying you're, you're the most well-paid shift workers in the world, but they're, they're, these are brutal schedules, particularly around, uh, you know, Grand Slams. Yeah, definitely. I, I take myself back to... U.S. Open, round of 16, I had the night slot against um, Roger Federer. I ended up getting up in in that win. I can't remember, recall exactly when, you know, we shook hands, but it was well past midnight. You know, we're talking, you know, one in between one and two, I think, from memory, or about one o'clock. So after that, though, you have to do your recovery. So that takes another hour, I would say, minimum, mm. if you're going, like, really quickly. Then you've got your media commitments. By the time you get to the media and you answer all those questions, probably another hour. So all of a sudden, it's about 3 o'clock at the minimum before you're getting home. And this is from a 1 o'clock finish. And then by the time you get back, this was in New York, so it's about a you know 40-minute commute to get to Manhattan. Um, by the time you get to sleep, it's, it's 4 o'clock, you know, 4.30. So it takes a good, from when you shake hands, at least probably three, three and a bit hours. Those top guys are really streamlined in their process, though, because they've done it so many times. They have it like clockwork. So they're a little bit quicker, I would say, um, to do that. But but then what didn't help me is I was up two and a half hours later because I had to do my fantasy football draft um, that morning. <laughs> so, yeah, probably not the best preparation going in to play Novak Djokovic uh, a day and a half later. Hang on. Hang on. We cannot let That's that commitment. slide. We cannot let that slide. When you say fantasy football, what football are we talking firstly? Oh, NFL. Yeah, right. no, that was the NFL. So and, you... and my league had pushed it back as far as it could go because I think, I don't know, that there was a, a Sunday game or whatever to, to kick the season off. And, hang on. You know, that was on Saturday, so I had to, I had to get my priorities straight, mate. Oh, so hang on, hang on. You've just beaten Roger Federer at the US Open. you got Novak coming up. You couldn't have just got someone to do the draft. I mean, I know they're high stakes and we get... We get particular around fantasy football. You could have just let shouldered arms to that one, you don't reckon? That would be unprofessional, mate. <laughs> I'm uh, all about being professional. Fair enough. What about your nutrition during a game? We saw the conditions were really yep. tough yesterday and, and hot. Coco Golf said after the match, gee, I love her. She's, she's so impressive what she does on the court, but the mm. way she speaks as well. She said her secret weapon is fruit salad with a bit of apple sauce. What was it for you? My my sisters all have nieces, and I have all nieces and nephews. And the fruit salad, I was just thinking Wiggles the whole time after that. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, look, mate, cacao nibs. I always used to have some cacao nibs on the side of the court. Um, I like the bananas, the energy gels. Like we're not reinventing the wheel here. Um, every now and again, you know, you'll you'll have a, an espresso to kind of get you going mm. before you get out there. But look, I never found cramp was much of a problem for me obviously those guys that lose a lot of lose a lot of salt in their sweat and, and sweat a lot we saw problems with pat rafter back in the day and, and whatnot but those guys obviously have to look after it a little bit more but yeah you can kind of feel it when you're low on energy suck back a few gels like uh, i didn't try to reinvent the wheel and that's probably um 
again, you know, why I probably could have done a bit better. Well, you've just educated us there a bit. You reinvented our wheel because I don't think Kane and I, uh, either of us had heard of cacao nibs before, Johnny. Yeah, it's vegan superfood, mate. I'm not a vegan, but it is a vegan superfood. Yeah, I've right. been told. <laughs> I'm familiar with cacao, but I haven't seen the nibs. There you go. Small pieces of crushed cacao beans, Kano. Um, there you go. Speaking of things that uh, are looking good, Arena Sabalenka, the defending champ, made light work of it yesterday, Johnny. Yeah, she's looking fantastic and super relaxed. We've seen all the footage um, around the grounds of her. She seems to be in a good place with the team. No signs of, of nerves whatsoever. She's got to be the favourite now. It's her or, or Coco would be the favourite. Obviously, they're on the same half of the draw, but you have to give the edge to the defending champion. She's in impressive form. The most amount of games she's dropped in one set this tournament has been three. So, yeah, I mean, she's, she's going about a business and doesn't look like she's going to falter at any time soon. Mm. John, great to talk to you, mate. Appreciate your time. And look... We were amazed by your commitment to the uh, NFL fantasy draft, but you might have just been trumped by a texter here saying, I did my fantasy draft this year while my wife was in labour. So there you go. <laughs> no, that's good from him. And I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. It's <laughs> a high risk. High risk. I'm not sure the reward is there, but great to talk to you, Johnny. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks, guys. There yeah, you go. Uh, player was... 2, Channel 9 commentator, John Milman. I was doing my uh, NFL fantasy draft, the SEN one, and it was is happening. I was just doing it on my phone, and I had to go through security at the airport from it was like oh, Tuesday no. morning after footy classified from Melbourne to Adelaide. And just as it's my pick, I had to put my phone through the security thing and, and miss the pick. And I'm yeah, I'm, I'm using that as an excuse as to why Nick Nick won the, the fantasy uh, the NFL season fantasy football season at SEN he had a terrific season but I'm using that as an excuse fair excuse what about sorry. that that's unbelievable oh, right. it's time now that is incredible I can't believe he would do that two and a half oh. hours later that is the peak of your singles career and you're playing NFL fantasy two hours sleep two hours sleep time now for this man though